Simiflex, Wayfair's products are as good as its talent management. Pretty bad. Canadian government announces major changes with international students. Cringy is a good way to describe WebMDs. Return to office videos. TRF with my dad and Charlie starts right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, do you know what I did this weekend? No, tell me. (laughs) I put a bunk bed together and it's a big hit with the girls. We bought it from Wayfair and you mentioned you had bought something and it got some type of warning of... Basically, a material that can cause cancer. Well, I got that. No. Yeah. So I think it's with all their products. So I did a little bit of research, Shelly, because it obviously made me nervous. I don't want my girls to sleep on something that's going to cause them cancer. And it's very much a California law that there is nowhere else in the world. It's funny because then I Googled weird California laws and Mm -hmm. there is 25 pages of them of different things where it is like overly cautious, but it still makes me nervous. Are you keeping it then or what? Oh, yeah. You are keeping it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, after my research, I feel comfortable enough. And this might explain... The layoffs that happened at Wayfair this week. So Wayfair oh, said on Friday, right? it is laying off 13% of its mm. workforce, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which is not surprising. We talked about, I think, two or three weeks ago with the CEO coming out with a message of stop being lazy. Then comes with around the layoffs. Like what? What I've not heard before is certainly in the retail sector or the online business to consumer sector where he comes right out and says, we just overhired Naraj Shah, who is the CEO, said he plans to eliminate 1,650 jobs, yeah. noting that they expanded too quickly in the two years before the COVID pandemic. And he is quoted here saying, I think the reality is that we went overboard in hiring during a strong economic period, and we veered away from our core principles. And this coming out less than what, not even two weeks before where he was berating employees for being lazy. (laughs) I don't know who's advising this guy. Honestly, does he think he's Elon and he can just do whatever he wants? Say what he wants? Well, this is where we have all these CEOs coming out basically saying we've hired too many people during a really strong economy and now Mm -hmm. we're suffering from it. And I'm like, a CEO's job, the number one job is to see what's coming. And for all these CEOs to completely miss what was going on in the economy should be a sign of how well they're doing their jobs. Anytime that a company is doing a massive layoff like this, there should be accountability at the executive level. And we rarely see it. And just saying, well, the economy was strong. Come on, give me a break. We've seen these cycles for eternity, right? So we will see. One last thing I wanted to say is it's just a shame that he maybe didn't think to look in his own industry. 
Because you remember when we talked about the Deloitte report that named IKEA being innovative in retraining their call center people. So imagine if you retrained even half of these people to be design consultants and you can train people to be taking these calls and increase sales, decrease dissatisfaction when you receive your product and realize, holy smokes, it's not going to fit in the room or it's much smaller than I thought. Like He's just thinking of the stock market next 30 days, next quarter, when in fact, a CEO should be looking at what's coming in the next three to five years, right? Yeah. So it's just a shame that he didn't take a page out of the IKEA catalog. And honestly, you probably couldn't. It, there was probably no interest from the shareholders to look at what the future looks like and how they could reskill and the cost of reskilling. To your point, they're just looking at what are the next quarterly earning and how can we make sure that we're rising this stock price up. There's a reason why IKEA is such a well-run company. They do shit like this, right? Like they yeah. think about those types of things. They have investors that are thinking about the same thing they are. Obviously not the case here. Mm-hmm. Shelly, I wanted to call out one of our friends, Tracy Parsons, who has a podcast on the Evergreen Network here, and we've met several times. We co-hosted at RecFest. She announced the launch of her new company called Flockity.com. I want everyone to check it out because I've talked about influencer marketing coming to recruitment marketing. I think it was one of my predictions, Shelly. It was. Yes, it was. And there's some really interesting thing of how she's put this together. We'll talk more about it as it's launched and we'll get Tracy on the show. But I think it's a really interesting new initiative in this industry that is leveraging influencers. So exciting to have true innovation, not just a recycling of something that was done in 2015. That didn't work. Anyways, yes, I love the direction that Tracy's headed. And I did read the overview that you sent me, took a quick look at it, how it works. And it'd be very interesting to bring Tracy on the show, have her talk about it. Yeah, she's really taking the concept of like an affiliate type of program, which is Mm -hmm. massive in the consumer marketing space. So it'll be Mm -hmm. interesting to see how it works in recruitment marketing. You need to check out Flockity.com. Let us know how you feel about influencer marketing in recruitment marketing. Can you spell that for us, Serge? (laughs) Please spell Flockity. Yes, sorry. (laughs) Flockity is F-L-O-C-K-I-T-Y.com calling out another friend of the show. So Hiring Branch just came out with a report today based on skill-based hiring. We'll Mm -hmm. make sure everyone has a link to go read it because it's a worthwhile read. Yes, for sure. I read through the report and study number two was the one that stood out for me. That was specifically talking about language skills. So let's give some context here Mm. because these studies are based on high volume call centers in multiple industries, multiple countries around the world, but we are talking an enormous sample size. And so one of the the studies, study number two, was that language alone isn't enough, which, you know, when you pause and think deeply about what does that mean? Well, of course not. Just speaking English doesn't mean you're going to be successful in any job. But it takes it a step further that really caused me to take a look in the mirror Mm. and say, what is my bias around someone where English is a second language? 
specifically in a call center. And I know all of us have had experiences where I truly had to concentrate to understand what they were saying. So set that aside, because that is a personal bias. And this study proves that so long as somebody meets the enunciation assessment, they can move forward in the process. But just having an accent did not equate to success or failure in the role. Like if you were a sales rep, a call center sales rep, having an accent had no influence on your performance. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, Shelley, because I had the same bias. And obviously, English is not my first language. So I was glad to see it because if recruitment gigs don't work, I can go work (laughs) in a call center. My accent is not going to be an issue. But the challenge is not exactly the accent most of the time. I think the challenge is the quality of the call in general. I don't know if you get this, but I'll get a call of someone with an accent in a call center here in Calgary or Toronto, and the quality of the line is great. I don't feel like I need to concentrate as much, but there's been many situations that I think the call center is outsourced to a different country with really poor quality phone lines. So you're hearing static and you're trying to make out that accent at the same time. It's not fair to the people that we're talking to. And we make that bias on that particular person yeah. thinking, oh, I couldn't understand because of their accent or whatever the case is. No, most of the time, it's the quality of the phone line that causes the biggest challenge. So, I know you and I were talking in the green room. The other thing you pointed out, which is so true, is how well trained the agent is. Yes. That equates to success, full stop, period. Yes. So, of course, you need to be able to understand, be empathetic, be affirming that you understand what the problem is. These are basic skills, basic skills. And so, again, just our shout out to Hiring Branch. I am certainly on the wave here of skill-based hiring. It is something that I can absolutely get behind. Absolutely. And so helping organizations better understand what does this mean for them? the benefits to them. Yeah. I can get behind that all day long. I can get behind the concept. I'm still trying to understand what skill-based hiring means in multiple levels, right? Because there's still several different ways that people are perceiving what does skill-based hiring mean. And what I liked about this report, it starts putting things together that makes sense to me of how you should measure skill-based hiring, which I think is really the value in this report. It has a ton of really good data, but it explains mm-hmm. what skill-based hiring in their mind is. And I think it's pretty bang on. So finally, we're putting some meat behind skill-based hiring and what it means. And I think it's warranted. So do go download the report. It's available on hiringbranch.com. Can we put the link in the show notes? Yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes. So Shelly, let's jump into the news. Yeah, it's a big news week. Yeah, it is a big news week. Here in Canada, this has dominated the headlines, and I think it relates completely to the labor market. Just to give you a little bit of an idea, Canada has put a cap on international students, which right now we do not have a cap. So the federal government of Canada has announced a two-year cap on international student permits aiming to address the concerns about the impact of growing numbers of international students 
on the housing market. Immigration Minister Mark Miller revealed that approximately 360,000 undergraduate study permits will be approved for 2024, representing a 35% reduction from the previous year. This is two years, right? So this is not permanent. It will be reassessed in 2025. And I think one of the biggest challenges they're trying to eliminate is what they're calling, I guess, a fake business school. There's all these schools that have popped up, and I I like to call them the strip mall schools. They're generally in strip malls that are not very popular or hasn't had any tenants in years, but this new school pop up. And Shelly, I got to admit, I was shocked by the numbers of some of these schools, how many students that they have. There was one school in Ontario that didn't exist two years ago, and they have 5,500 students. And then they did a research on that actual school. And it's basically a building with two offices in it. And there was no one there when the investigative report went to look at the school itself. We are in a position right now that we have almost a million students, or international students here in Canada, which is the highest amount that we've ever had. We also have had a massive increase in our population. So 1.2 million increase. We have a population of around 40 million. We have not grown this much since the baby boom era in the 1960s. So with the combination of a lot of immigration that we completely are on the page that we knew new Canadians to be able to fill the roles that we need, right? No one's arguing that at all. But then you have a million students that are coming to Canada, and that also includes their spouses, which before this new announcement, they were eligible for full working permits, which open they open work permits, yeah, open work permits, yep. which yep. they won't be anymore unless you're in medical or law. And I think there's a couple other in STEM that they will allow it. But if you're in school here for those, your spouse will get an open work permit, which it was open to everyone in the past. So you combine all of those factors into places that they don't have the infrastructure to be able to house these students, especially like these fake schools. They don't have a campus. They don't have student housing. So where are these people living? They're going out and trying to rent apartments, competing with low-cost rentals across the market they're in. Because right now in the G7, we have the lowest number of housing units per 1,000 residents. Now you're adding a million people in places that are not ready to accommodate. We are bringing students in with excitement on their end of coming to Canada and finding a great place to live, a great place to work, a great place to study. And they're struggling to find housing. They're struggling to find jobs. In my opinion, it's like, we had to do this. This was just not sustainable. We couldn't keep having these numbers being unchecked. It's just not fair to the students at all. And it gives us the opportunity to really shut down those shady actors with these schools that are taking advantage of these poor students. What was your overall take here, Shelley? It it's not a popular opinion to say that I fully support this because I'm thinking if it is three to five years from today and you and your family have been brought to Canada and you end up in a strip mall 
and you have a degree that no employer is going to recognize from a school that is not accredited, right? I know the initial concern was coming from all of our universities like Mount Royal University or University of Calgary. And they're like, wow, they totally rely on international students because the fees are double, if not triple of what a domestic or local student would pay. So this has a lot to do with their budget concerns. However, if you really read what it is that the immigration minister, Mark Miller, is talking about, it's not going to impact the legitimate universities as much. These are going to be a little more examination on what exactly the school is because, Serge, here's what I know is happening in the foreign countries. Because your spouse gets an open work permit, if you are entering a master's or doctorate program, that means they can work while you go to school. Makes total sense. So imagine a family that wants to come to Canada and they get bamboozled into this, I don't know what the entry points are, but I'm telling you, for international students getting into our university system, the legit post-secondaries, they wouldn't be accepted. Because the real hook here is the three-year open work permit for the spouse. That's what they are selling in these foreign countries. Now, what is going Mm. to happen? We're already seeing it. And to absolutely pump the brakes now is the best thing to do. Because we are seeing it like the expose on the strip mall graduate studies. That was never the objective. So I applaud this. I do. Yes, very interesting stuff that we're going to keep an eye on. For us in Canada, it's definitely an interesting topic to discuss. One that is not as Canadian focused is, I don't know if you've seen this, it's been a couple of weeks, Shelly. WebMD or the parent company of WebMD released a video that has gone viral that basically talks about hey, you need to return in the office. So how about we listen to it and then we can talk more about it. Okay. Many of you have come back to the office and we've noticed it's made a big difference. Unfortunately, too big of a group hasn't returned. We move faster, we get better results and the executives are going to tell you more about that right now. We need you ready and present and we need it now. Working together face-to-face helps us create ideas faster and better. So we have new products and new offerings for our customers. We're able to collaborate and help each other to be better leaders. We all know when we spend more time together, we end up creating better solutions for our clients. It encourages organic breakthrough moments of creativity, specifically across teams who haven't worked together in person as much before. It propels us into meeting our business goals, and we definitely have big goals for 2024, and we need your help to accomplish those. We're better when we're together, and we need to be our best to crush our competition. We have been slow in getting back with some people and in some places. That's about to change. Your manager will be in touch with you shortly about how this will be implemented and tracked. Thank you, team. I want to leave you with this. We aren't asking or negotiating at this point or informing of how we need to work together going forward. It's, again, for the simple reason that great companies are built by great people working together and seeing each other eye to eye and tackling the big task. Thank you in advance for your help. 
All right, Shelly. Like, what the hell okay. was that? So listen, I thought it was a joke. I honest to God, like it is so poorly done. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. So answer me this. Do you think when they made this video, because this was apparently done by some sort of marketing company. Yeah. They must have thought that this would never be seen by anyone outside the company. Yes, I think they assume that, which is so idiotic in my mind that they did not think that there's a potential that this could be leaked out. Like everything else, if you're releasing any type of video, it's going to leak out. And depending on how bad it is, the more viral. I did not know that this was a marketing agency. I thought this was some type of intern being like, hey, do a return to office video and you're in charge. I, got I don't the, think that's the case. I, I just assume uh, because it was so bad. But it looks bad. that bad. Yeah, because yeah. it looks that bad. The timing is off. The irony is just lost. There was some oh cringe-worthy elements, like when the executive was talking so about crushing the competition and they showed someone erasing the word competition on the whiteboard. I'm like, oof. They mean business. They mean business. Or crushing a can of Dr. Pepper when they said crushing the competition. I'm just like, Oh my God. It it was definitely chosen to be like this, right? The tone came down from someone being like, Hey, we're going to send a really serious message, but we're going to try to lighten it up. Everyone watch this video. And I want you to get your judgment on the executives that are talking during the video because my God, when you look at the camera, they wouldn't look at the camera. They were looking they... at the cue cards. They were reading the cue <laughs> cards and the cue cards are on the floor. <laughs> oh my God. I don't want to have an argument on return to office. I think that debate yeah. is done is people are coming into the office, like mm-hmm. either we like it or not. But here is where I was thinking in talent attraction. Think about you're applying for this job and you're researching the company and this video comes up. You're like, what the hell is this company? Like, what is wrong with them? It's my first thought. So I would not want to be in talent acquisition at WebMD right now. Absolutely no way. I think this is such a bad employer brand video that is going to live with them in infamy for decades. So let's leave it there. Shelly, do you want to bring up the tip of the week? Yes. Your tip of the week is brought to you by Plum. Plum knows that when people flourish, businesses thrive. Using science-backed insights, Plum aligns human potential with job needs, allowing you to build high-performing teams from a single platform, ideal for improving hiring choices, identifying future leaders, and offering personalized career advice. Plum supports the entire employee journey from hire to retire. Discover more at Plum.io. Here is my tip of the week. So recruitment marketers, listen up. There was a report published of the top 15 jobs that people want to quit. So my immediate reaction is that's awesome. If we know where people are leaving from as recruitment marketers, let's target those people to come to our industry. So for example, Number three on this list was line cook. 62% are seeking a new job. Median pay is $32,200. So if I'm in manufacturing, 
if I'm in landscaping, if I am in any sort of industry where the tasks are high pressure, fast moving, lots of danger, because there's lots going on in a kitchen, there's things that are hot and sharp and whatever. But this is people who can consistently execute quickly. Okay, so if that is a skill for your industry or organization, then you as a recruitment marketer need to start targeting these people. Now I'm going to say something that's unpopular here, because what showed up in four different places on this top 15 jobs people want to quit in 2024, patient care technician, patient services representative, patient care coordinator. These are jobs that pay between 37,000 to 46,000 a year. These are not your nurses. These are not your RNs or your licensed practical nurses or physiotherapists. No, these are the people working, greeting the patient, prepping the patient, getting information into the computer. Recruitment marketers pay attention here because these are the same sort of skills that easily transfer to your industry. Banking, IT, sales, all of those. This is the market that you need to start sending out your brand message to. That's my tip of the week. Love it, Shelly. Completely agree. Find those talent pools. So on that note, let's move into Recruiting Insights. And Recruiting Insights is brought to you by our friends at Mitova. Shelly, are you tired of the same old outsourcing woes? Well, say hello to nearshoring. It's like outsourcing, but closer. And it won't make you pull your hair out. Picture this. Top-notch IT talent from Latin America. Many Latin American IT professionals have strong English language skills and even live in the same time zone, so no more midnight conference calls. Hallelujah. Plus, Latin America's growing tech ecosystem, strong educational institutions, and a pool of skilled IT professionals make it the perfect region for recruiting talent. I have the perfect company that does this. The company's name is Metova. They have local experts who handle everything from recruiting to HR support. So why settle for the same old outsourcing blues when you can have the nearshoring party with Metova? Look them up at metova.com and let's get the fiesta started. Okay, Shelly, we're back. Mm-hmm. What's the first insight of the week? First insight of the week is on HR Dive, there was an article about job applications dropping at the end of 2023, yet overall volume remains high. Again, no news to anyone that the highest demand right now is in healthcare. And those are openings for registered nurses, social and human services, like that sort of thing. On the other hand, openings have declined for software developers and openings are declining for food prep workers. So based on my (laughs) tip of the week, all signs are pointing to this is a skill set in the market that we need to pay attention to. Mm. So what does this mean for us? It means that job openings and hires have dropped approximately 10% and application volume sank 11% month over month, which some of this we can attribute to Christmas, right? 
you can attribute a little bit of this to Christmas where people are like, I'm just going to stay put. I'm going to look for a new job in January. But what is a little bit unusual about the end of 2023, job seekers are actually spending more time, like the duration increased 10% year over year. So what does that tell us? It means that job seekers are actually being more intentional about where they apply. A very good sign. And those who completed the application will view on average nine pages of your career site. Super important to pay attention to. So that's what I took away. Search anything for you. Yeah, I dug in a little bit deeper and tried to find more reports to showcase exactly that drop in hiring because obviously December is always a consideration. And there's also just the lift of the pandemic, which put us in a world that was so different, right? Like it was the Black Swan event that really caused a huge shift into our markets. But digging a little bit deeper, I actually got a little bit more scared. (laughs) The more research I did on it, but... The labor market, the U.S., I'm going to focus on U.S. because there's a ton more data here, and I know it's similar in some parts of Europe, but the U.S. labor market is doing something we haven't seen since 2020 when the pandemic hit or even back to 2008. So in November, this is the biggest hiring rate drop since the Great Recession. So the Great Recession was 2008. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty scary part. But what this report that I read found, a couple of things, there's not a lot of firing of people. And that might go against what we've been seeing in the news with layoffs at Google. We talked about Wayfair and other companies. But generally, people are not being let go, which is a good sign, right? But they have completely stopped hiring, which is telling a couple of different things is there's still a ton of uncertainty of where the economy is going. And this might just be a temporary blip, right? Going into 2024, there's major elections in the US and Taiwan. No one's exactly sure where the economy is going to go in different countries. We had Andrew Flower saying, it's probably going to be a soft landing in the US. Canada is in a tougher position. It might not be a soft year in Canada and Europe. So we got to keep a close eye on what's going on with the job numbers because a couple of things. In November, there were around 8.8 million job openings, but this number is always exaggerated, right? Because we see jobs that are posted on mm-hmm. uh, multiple job boards. There's jobs that they're never closed. Yeah, for sure. It's really hard to measure in that yeah. sense. But generally, it's showing that job openings are going down though being posted on job sites. So this January data is going to be absolutely critical. So as recruiters, there's an opportunity for us to be able to go grab the best possible talent that we can because Mm -hmm. there is a lot more job seekers out there. If there was any doubt, Shelly, this is now 100% an employer market with the rare exception of those standing up jobs that are still there, like healthcare. Yeah, exactly. Like healthcare, hospitality, retail, skilled trades that are still in very high demand. Yeah, it's so fascinating to watch. Shelly, do we want to move into the next recruiting? Absolutely. So two weeks in a row, your friend and mine, this is my new online crush, is Adriano Herdman. (laughs) (laughs) 
Honestly, Adriano, I don't know if he listens to this show, but listen, I've got a crush on him because man, he just published, you know, traditionally we've all seen the quadrants, right? In every industry and every management book ever written, there's the four quadrants, but he did it for talent acquisition. Mm. And it was a tactics comparison where you've got what is considered short-term results, low investment, and then looking at long-term results, high investment, and where do each of these 21 tactics fit on this quadrant? And it was like, oh my God, like, do you realize that 90% of people are in short-term results and low investment? So for me, in my day job, this is like chocolate, man. This is exactly why I'm in the business I'm in, because I know this. And if we can move organizations into definitely higher investment and longer term results, God, we look like superheroes. We'll give the link in our comments, but anyone can access this and you really should. You should take a look at this and be able to have those conversations with whoever you in TA report to. This spells it out so clearly. Well, you're going to fall in love with him even more because today he launched the intake meeting template, which is one of the best I've ever seen. I know you haven't seen it yet because you haven't been on LinkedIn this morning, but I saw it and it's really good. Let me highlight a couple of things so everyone knows what we're talking about. So obviously Mm -hmm. Quadrant is based on four factors, short-term results, low investment, long-term results, heavy investment. So to your point, a lot of people live in the short-term results, low investment, which is job postings being the primary one. That is the strategy for, I would say, 90% of companies out there put a job posting out, that's our talent acquisition. But then I want to call out some that are maybe low investment, long-term results. And some are pretty straightforward, right? Like Mm -hmm. personal brand, candidate CRM, pipelining, newsletter, they all fall into that. Then you have the heavy investment, short-term results, recruitment agencies, career pages, marketplaces. And if you look at long-term results, Heavy investment, building out a TA team, embedded TA team, employer brand, candidate experience, community, ATS, sourcing, freelancers, they all fit in there. So Mm -hmm. everyone Mm -hmm. check that out as you're planning what you're going to be doing in talent acquisition. This is a really good guide to give you a sense of what you can focus on and what is going to be the time investment and the money investment. Love it. Another great example, Adriano, and next week we'll probably talk about his intake meeting because it's really good as well. So Shelly, we've covered a lot today, a lot of mm-hmm. interesting topics. I am still so excited about that WebMD video. I think it made my day as the best video of all time. So we'll have the link to that. I honestly, I think it's going to be a spoof, Serge. I think it's going to be revealed that the whole thing was a spoof. It is, it's so bad. It's so bad. Honestly, I feel like, okay, where's the hidden camera? (laughs) (laughs) It is real. They have doubled down on it several times. But on that note, thank you, everyone, for listening. We really Mm -hmm. appreciate you. And Shelly, have a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much, Serge. See you soon. Au revoir. Shelly, let's face it. 
Texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, this is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com. Mention the Recruitment Flex and get 10% off annual plans. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.